Welcome to New View Advice, a safe place for you to ask your most vulnerable questions about life, relationships, healing, and so much more. I'm your host, Amanda DeRocher, and I believe our fears and traumas are often what hold us back from living life to the fullest. Join me here each week as I offer advice on how to move through whatever is holding you back from being your best self. Let's get started. Hey there, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode of New View Advice. If you're new here, my name's Amanda, and this is a healing-centered advice podcast. So what I mean by that is that it is my intention to help guide you on the healing journey. So each week, I answer questions from listeners, and my intention is not to give you the answers of what to do. My intention is to help you heal and to help you to grow and connect back to your own heart. Today, we will be discussing healing from cheating on a partner. So we're talking about the perspective of somebody who was the person who cheated in the relationship. And specifically today, we are talking about people who found themselves cheating on nights when they were drinking. I found over the past couple months that I received a lot of questions from people who were upset with themselves, truly upset with themselves, and wanted to know how they could heal because they found themselves cheating on nights they were drinking. And some people didn't even know why they did it. So we're going to discuss that today. Before I jump in, I just wanted to give a little update about myself and my own healing journey. I've had a few people mention that they find it helpful when I talk about my journey, so I thought I'd give a little update as well because I am always healing too. I am on my healing journey. I don't believe there's a destination for our healing journeys. I believe it's something we'll most likely be doing our whole lives in that I am always healing There's always something new that arises. There's always a limiting belief to look at. There's always a moment in my childhood that wants to be witnessed by me and my own heart. So I just wanted you to know that I'm right there with you. Today, I found myself crying on the floor for about an hour and then dancing around and clearing some energy. So for me, I've actually been connecting a lot with music. I've been using dance, movement, and music to help me to feel and move hard feelings. So I find it helpful if I'm feeling sad to just put on a sad song and to move to it. And I find that the emotion tends to move. And oftentimes I end up listening to the same song on repeat over and over again because there's something about the song itself or the lyrics that just hit what I'm moving through. So I don't judge myself. I just listen to the same song and move until I feel better or I feel like a new emotion arises. I've also been leaning a lot into poetry It's a way that my inner child likes to heal. So for me, poetry feels creative. It feels fun as I work through hard feelings. I like to write rhyming poetry. So it uses a different part of my brain as I'm healing. So I'm using, I feel like, both my left and right brains at the same time. And now that I'm saying it out loud, it feels a bit like EMDR, like going back and forth between the sides of the brain, the creative and the logical to make the poem make sense and to rhyme. So for me, that's been really helpful. I guess I could read my most recent poem, because why not? This is a poem I wrote today because I was healing from friendships. So for me, I had a lot of traumatic friendships, to be completely honest. I didn't realize how traumatic they were until I was in my 20s, but I found it really, really hard to trust and make female friendships. I can see why for so many reasons. This was tough for me. I think it's tough for a lot of women. I think it's tough for a lot of people in general to make friendships, but I find women can be very competitive. I find women can talk behind each other's backs. Women can be catty and women can turn against other women. 
And I experienced a lot of that in my childhood. So today I wrote this poem and it felt like it was written by my teenage self and my inner child who wanted to express how she was feeling. So I wasn't planning on reading this, but I'm feeling called to read it. So I will read this and then we'll jump into today's episode. It's not perfect, but nothing ever is. Okay, so I'm calling this poem Saying Goodbye to a Childhood Friend. To the childhood friend who once brightened my heart, you taught me what joy was through laughter and art. This may sound like a love poem, and to me it is. Your friendship meant so much to me. I loved you like a sis. When I was with you, I'd lose all sense of time. I thought we had one of those friendships that would last a lifetime. But unfortunately, we began to grow apart, no longer strung together by laughter and art. You broke my heart over and over again by repeatedly coming into my life and leaving again. I know I was young and a little naive for believing each time you'd stay and no longer leave. And each time you left, I cried for days, wishing someone was there to take the pain away. I'm older now and can clearly see that your friendship was never healthy for me. I wasn't perfect and still am not now, but I didn't deserve your attitude of holier than now. How you repeatedly made me feel crazy for being so sad when you'd leave me so quickly when you found someone more rad. I know I had issues. I've been healing them for years, but I never deserved to be left alone in tears. As I continue to grieve the friendship we had, I'm continually struck by how something once good left me feeling so bad. Our friendship has left scars on my body and made it hard for me to trust anybody. It's made it hard to find someone new to laugh with and play. I never realized how much you hurt me until today. I finally release all the blame inside that it was my fault you left and didn't stick by my side. You were responsible for all of your own choices. I did nothing wrong and now I voice that I love myself too much to hold on to you anymore. Goodbye from my heart and body. You can live here no more. I free myself today of the pains of the past and allow myself to move forward with new friends who will make me laugh. I forgive you for hurting me and I forgive myself for allowing you to treat me like a toy on a shelf, like a toy in your room waiting for you to play and would only come out when you chose the day. I forgive myself now and set myself free, no longer in chains, unallowed to be me. You broke my heart, but you also gave me a gift that life is really very quite swift, and that letting people treat me like trash was never good for me and is over like a flash. Through this friendship, I've learned to trust myself and to set boundaries with people who put me on a shelf. Thank you for teaching me what I don't want so I can move forward with new confidants. I'll always remember you as an old friend, but I'm happy to say that for you and me, this is the end. Thank you for letting me share that poem. I hope someone found it helpful, if not through the words of the poem, seeing what my healing process is like through poetry. So for me, that poem really just flowed. I allowed it to come verse by verse, and I really didn't make many edits to it afterwards. Reading it back, there's probably a few things I changed, but that's really how it flowed out of me. And I've learned poetry is an intuitive process for me. So it's a way that my inner being is able to heal. And when I started that poem, I was really sad. And when I finished that poem, I felt really confident. Through the hour I spent, maybe half an hour, I don't really remember. Honestly, I lose all sense of time when I write. But through the time I sat there writing, that poem came through and allowed me to heal something that was on my heart. So... I hope that was helpful for someone.
I know that was a little off topic for today because we're talking about cheating, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about my process and what I'm going through because I've had people mention that's helpful. So I will wrap up the about me section with that and let's jump on into talking about alcohol and cheating in relationships. I wanted to begin today's episode with talking a little bit about alcohol because as I mentioned, I have received so many questions from people who drank and then cheated in their relationships and then regretted the cheating. So I wanted to talk a little bit about alcohol because I found that through some of these questions, people mention that they're just going to abstain from drinking and they think that'll fix all their problems. And for you, it may fix all your problems. I found in my own life, though, that just abstaining from alcohol didn't fix any of my problems. It fixed some of my problems when I went sober, but before I went sober, I tried to go sober a few other times or I would do 30-day sobriety periods. But what I found in my own life was that I had to heal my relationship with alcohol in order to not feel that shame and self-hatred around some of the bad decisions I made while drinking or some of the bad things that happened while I drank or just to forgive myself in general. I had to heal my relationship with alcohol. So I think going sober is a great first step. And some people might not be there yet. And some people might be there. Some people might give up alcohol for a certain amount of time. I'm not here to tell you what's best for you. That's a decision I truly believe everyone has to make for themselves. I have found sobriety to be great in my life. For those who don't know, I did 12 months of sobriety and then I've chosen to stay sober. But originally when I went sober, I was committed to 12 months and I wasn't sure what I would do after the 12 months. After doing 12 months, it was a long enough time that I could see so many benefits and I could also see how alcohol had harmed me in the past. Before I gave up alcohol, I was unable to really see all the pain alcohol caused me. I more was able to see that I was hating myself, which is what motivated me to go sober, but it wasn't until I was sober that I was able to really look at all the pain alcohol had caused me and how the pain was far greater than the benefits I had been getting from alcohol. So if you're interested in learning more about my sober journey, I have two episodes where I discuss it, episode 12 and episode 18. So you can check those out to learn more about my own personal relationship with alcohol. But today I just wanted to talk about a few tips for becoming aware of your relationship with alcohol. Because if you're finding that you cheat on your partner when you drink, then I think you need to look at your relationship with alcohol and what is driving your relationship with alcohol. For example, in my own life, I drank for many reasons. And it wasn't until I started to look at my relationship with alcohol that I was able to really start to suss out why I was drinking. So it wasn't until I was actually in therapy once and I was berating myself for drinking, for drinking as much as I was. This was during a time when I was in therapy healing layers of being raped in my childhood. And I was drinking a lot at night. So during this time, I was suffering from nightmares. Anybody who's been raped will know that a side effect of rape is nightmares. I don't know anybody who hasn't had the nightmares. If you haven't, God bless you. But for a lot of us, a side effect of rape is nightmares. So I used to drink at night because it would help me fall asleep. Because if I didn't drink at night, I would lie in bed for hours terrified that I would get nightmares. Because when I started to really dive deep into healing this wound I had, 
I was having nightmares nightly and it was always on my mind. So I also always thought about it and I always wanted to talk about it and nobody wants to talk about child rape. So I would drink because by the end of the day, by like seven o'clock, 7 p.m., I would drink to shut my brain off. And one time I was in therapy berating myself for this. I was like, I can't believe I drink so much. I have a drinking problem, this and that. And my therapist just looked at me and was like, do you think you drink because you're having really hard feelings? Could you offer yourself some compassion because you're working through some really tough experiences and at night you pick up a drink? And this was a totally new way of looking at drinking for me. I had just berated myself for it my entire life that I would drink with friends and if I had a good night, then it was good. And if I had a bad night, I would sin self-hatred the next day. It was so 50-50 for me. And this was the first time I was offered compassion for my drinking. So I tell this story because I want us to start weaving self-compassion into our healing journeys. So a lot of people who reached out who have cheated on their partners are living with a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of self-blame, a lot of self-hatred, a lot of really hard feelings. And I think it's important to offer yourself compassion. It's important to start to view your decisions through a healing lens. And what do I mean by this? So for somebody who cheats on their partner on a night when they were out drinking and doesn't know why they chose to drink, it's a great place to start. I've had people reach out, and there's going to be one of the questions talks about this, who really don't know why they did it. And I invite you to become curious about your relationship with alcohol. And how you begin to do this is to start noticing why you pick up a drink. Was there a triggering event? Did something trigger you picking up that drink? So some examples would be, did you have a hard day and pick up a drink? Another example could be, did you go out with a certain group of friends? I found in my life that certain people would trigger me drinking and certain people would trigger me drinking a certain amount of alcohol. That doesn't make my drinking their fault. It's just our relationship dynamic would often lead to me drinking more. So I had to become conscious of that. Another reason could be is that you were numbing out. Another reason could be that it's easier for you in social situations to drink or that you were trying to impress someone. There are a million reasons why, and that's going to be different for each individual person. But I invite you to become curious about why you pick up a drink. Just in general, even if you're still drinking, just become curious about your relationship with alcohol. I think it's important for us to become curious about everything in our lives and to become curious about why we do the things we do. It's a way to get to know ourselves. Curiosity is non-judgmental. Curiosity is just coming at it with the intention of learning more about yourself. So that's when you can add in this self-compassion piece. It's not about berating yourself. It's not about judging yourself for why. It's about just getting to know yourself better. So I would invite you to find out why you pick up a drink. And I would invite you to ask yourself how it makes you feel when you start drinking. Do you start to feel more confident? Do you start to relax? Do you start to feel like you're funnier? I know that's how I felt. I felt like the jokes came easier when I would have a few glasses of wine. And just become curious with yourself again. And then I also invite you to become curious about how you feel the day after you drink. Just bring this energy of curiosity to your drinking. I know a lot of people have reached out to me who said they cheated on their partners when they were drunk and now they're abstaining from alcohol for a certain period of time. 
to these people, I invite you to become curious about your previous times drinking. So you can either become curious in the moment. So if you go to pick up a glass of wine, just start becoming intentional. Like, why am I picking this up? Oh, I had a bad day. Yeah, I'm going to have this glass of wine. You don't have to stop drinking. It's about becoming curious about why you do the things you do. Because the more we can know about ourselves, the deeper we get to know ourselves. And then the more we can uncover about why we do the things we do. So that's one tip for healing your relationship with alcohol. I also invite you to dive into when you first started drinking. So oftentimes when we first started drinking, beliefs around alcohol get imprinted or even your first memory of alcohol. So for some of us, we might have witnessed our parents drinking or adults around us drinking and might have started to have beliefs about alcohol from a young age, or it could be from when we first started drinking and the beliefs we created when we first started drinking. So were you suddenly cool when you started to drink? I know that's how I felt. I felt like all of a sudden I had a higher social status when I started drinking. So I felt like it helped me socially. But for you, you could have witnessed your parents drinking at parties and thought that drinking was a social thing. This again is going to be different for everybody, but I'm just inviting you to become curious about why you drink and for people with this topic, why you're drinking may have led to you cheating because it's all about getting to know yourself. These are sounding like a lot of journal prompts, so I will put it into a journal post that will be in the show notes for this episode at www.newviewadvice.com 31. And you'll be able to find all these questions I'm mentioning here because the third thing I would recommend you do is to be kind to yourself as you are uncovering these truths about yourself. So I had some people reach out and say they have no idea why and they don't think there's a reason behind why they cheated on their partner when they drank. They just think it was the alcohol. And I understand this point of view, but I truly believe, because I found this to be true in my own life, that there's always a reason for what we do. But sometimes that reason is so subconscious that we have a hard time accessing why. So when you start becoming curious about your relationship with alcohol, curious about why you drink, you will start to uncover why you may have cheated when you were drunk. I'm going to go deeper into this in one of the questions and give an example about how alcohol can be used to self-sabotage in one of the questions. But I just want to mention that here, that a lot of us can use alcohol to self-sabotage. And your consciousness could be using when you're drunk to cause self-sabotaging behaviors in your life. And that might not make a lot of sense for some people right now, but I'm going to dive deeper into that in question two, because I think that question may be an example of that type of behavior. And I'll give an example for my own life. So I just want to remind anybody who's healing their relationship with alcohol and healing from cheating on a partner that we want to be kind to ourselves throughout this process. We want to offer ourselves compassion. We want to be our own best friend throughout this process. Because yes, you made a mistake if you cheated on your partner. But in order to heal and to move forward, you have to be kind to yourself and loving to yourself because oftentimes that kind of behavior is self-sabotaging behavior or that is a coping strategy or that is from a childhood wound. The reason we cheat in relationships or the reason that we make 
mistakes in relationships like this is often because of childhood wounds. So I want to invite you to be kind to yourself as you uncover more about yourself throughout this process because you deserve to heal and forgive yourself. You made a mistake, but you are not that mistake. You do not need to live with the guilt and the shame and the self-hatred of cheating on your partner. Is it your responsibility to heal and to grow and to rebuild trust in your relationship if you're planning on staying in that relationship? Yes, but it is not necessary for you to keep hating yourself for a mistake you made. It does not benefit anyone for you to continue hating yourself. It is not fair to you because oftentimes, as I mentioned, the reasons behind the things we do are subconscious wounds. I want to make it clear that you are not this mistake. You are worthy of forgiving yourself. You are worthy of loving yourself and you are worthy of moving forward as a better version of yourself. I invite you to take this opportunity to grow and to learn more about yourself and to get to know yourself better so that you don't find yourself in this situation again. And the reason I don't think you want to find yourself in this situation again is because of the questions I've received and the amount of self-hatred I feel through these questions. I don't want you to hate yourself. As somebody who hated themselves for most of my life, I can now see that all the mistakes I made were stemming from the trauma I experienced as a child. Does that mean I didn't have to apologize to people? No, of course I had to apologize to people along the way and I had to grow and change. I had to take responsibility for my mistakes, but I also can see that there was a traumatized little girl in me who did not know how to live in this world, who did not know how to not hate herself, who didn't know how to love herself and how to show up in a healthy and adult way. And so through my healing journey, I have learned to offer myself compassion for my mistakes, to get to the roots of why I do things, and to really look at the full picture of my life and the full picture of every circumstance and offer myself compassion for not being perfect. Because you're not perfect. No human is perfect. And it is unfair of you to put yourself on a hook of unrealistic expectations. That's one. And two, I want to mention that you don't deserve to hate yourself because you can't go back in time and change what you did. You can play it over in your head over and over again, but that will not change what happened. You made a mistake and now in order to move forward, you have to release yourself of the shame and guilt that you have taken on and forgive yourself and move forward. So I think this is a good stopping point because we're going to continue all these conversations and the questions, but I just wanted to give an intro about alcohol, healing from alcohol, and offering yourself self-compassion as you move through this really hard experience because this is really hard. It's really hard when we do things we regret. It's really hard when we hurt other people and other people's feelings are involved. It's really, really hard. But as one of my favorite Glennon Doyle quotes is, we can do hard things. 
And I've found in my own life that looking at the hardest experiences I've had and healing from the hardest things that have happened to me or happened in my life, I have become the best version of myself. I have become a stronger version of myself. I've become more compassionate to myself and to others. I am now able to look at the pain of the world and understand it better and not be so quick to judge and hate others because I've sat with my own heart and I can see how much pain we all live with and how much of that pain is subconscious. So I hope something in here was helpful. Let's jump on into the questions. I listened to your cheating in relationships episode of both sides and really related to them. I have caught myself in this situation and don't know how or what to do. I was unfaithful to my partner twice on nights out drinking where I don't remember. How and where do I go from here? So first I want to say I'm so sorry for the situation you found yourself in and I'm so sorry that you found yourself in a place where you don't know how or what to do. I know how overwhelming that can feel, scary, and how when we're having difficult feelings, it's easy to pack more difficult feelings on when we don't know what to do. I also wanted to say that cheating is so complex and has so many layers, including guilt and shame, and I know how tough it can be to live with those kind of feelings and not know what to do. So since I don't know much about your relationship, I'm going to start this question with the decision of if you're going to tell this partner and if you're going to stay with this partner. So I'm going to make the assumption from this question that you just cheated on your partner again and you're deciding what to do because you don't know where to go from here. First, I want you to become very clear on your relationship. So I want you to become intentional about the relationship you're currently in. So to do this, I recommend journaling meditating, or really just sitting with your own heart and asking yourself what you see for your current relationship. So is this a relationship that you see down the road? Is this a relationship that you see yourself possibly getting married to this person? Is this somebody you've been with for a while? Or is this somebody you've been with for a month and it was just a fun relationship and you're unsure where it's going? Are you with this person out of fear? Sometimes we're with people out of fear of being single, fear of being alone, fear of abandonment, fear of change. So I want you to become clear on your relationship and what you want moving forward. So you may decide that you need to be single for a bit to get to know yourself a bit better because you find you're not ready to be in a relationship. I find if we're cheating in a relationship, it may be a sign that we're not quite ready to be in a relationship. I think our society rushes us to be in relationships at a young age. And I think that there is a beauty in being single. There's a beauty in taking time to get to know ourselves, getting to know our own wants and needs, getting to become familiar with who we are and learning to love ourselves because we can do this in partnerships. I learned to do this in a partnership, but I do think it can be easier to do on our own. So if you decide you want to stay in the relationship and make it work, you have to decide if you want to tell your partner or not about the cheating. I think that through truth and through sharing about shameful experiences, that shame can be released so I think that being honest with your partner could help you to release some of the shame you may be feeling about this experience. Now, if you choose to disclose what you did, you have to remember that you cannot control 
your partner's reactions. So we cannot control the people we're in a relationship with. They have their own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and your partner will decide if they want to stay with you. The more clear you get before this conversation, the easier this conversation will be for you because you'll be able to articulate your thoughts better. When emotions are high, it can be really hard to communicate how we're feeling. Even though we have so many feelings, it can be hard to talk about them. So I find if I'm going to have a difficult conversation, it helps me to take notes beforehand. It helps me to journal, to get clear on how I feel so I can articulate how I'm feeling to that person. And so if you decide to have this tough conversation, it won't be easy. And as I mentioned, this person's going to have all their own feelings about it. And I invite you to create a safe space for you both to have this conversation. So maybe create a time where you could disclose this information and you both have space to really process what's going on. And I also invite you to be respectful of what your partner communicates to you in this time because they may say they need some space. They may say some things they don't mean. It's a hard conversation. So I just invite you to be intentional ahead of time. But I think through tough conversations, relationships can grow. By learning to communicate tough things, by learning to communicate our feelings and articulate what's going on inside of us, we can become better partners. So for this, again, I invite you to listen to your inner voice. I invite you to become intentional because only you are going to know what's best for you moving forward. Your inner voice, your soul knows what the next step is. It knows if you want to tell your partner. It knows if you want to be single for a while. It knows if you want to keep this a secret for a little bit longer. It is up to you, but listen to that voice. Take some time. Become clear with yourself. I think that there's no rush. You don't have to tell somebody the second after you cheated on them. Take a day, take a couple days, take some space to breathe and to be compassionate with yourself as you move through this because the mistake you made is going to or has already affected your partner and you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself throughout this process because your partner's not going to be able to take care of you because they're going to be devastated as well. So I just invite you to be kind to yourself as you're moving through this to practice that self-compassion that we mentioned earlier in the episode. So now that we've talked about that, I want to talk about the drinking aspect of this question and talk about how you say you don't remember what happened. You don't remember these nights. So I would invite you to begin your process of healing by looking at if there were a similarity and a pattern on these nights that you cheated. So more than just the drinking, what happened before the drinking? Were you with the same group of people Were you in a fight with your partner? Were you feeling insecure? Did you find yourself seeing a group of people who made you feel insecure? Did somebody initiate the flirting with you? I invite you to become curious about the steps that led to the cheating. Because though a lot of it can be unconscious, there are a lot of steps before we cheat. There's also a lot of steps before we drink, which is why I think that becoming curious about why we make the decisions we do can be really healing for us. Because if you become curious about what led to the drinking and then how the drinking led to the cheating, I think you'll start to become aware of a pattern within yourself because the fact that you did this multiple times, to me, that would say that there's most likely a pattern you're playing out 
there's most likely a root cause to why this happens. And there's most likely something that needs to be healed. So this could be a trigger from your childhood. This could be a trigger around men, women, or people who you're sexually attracted to. But I invite you to start becoming curious about yourself and the nights that these cheatings occurred before you don't remember. So become curious about the events leading up to the not remembering. So as I mentioned in the intro, I used drinking as a coping strategy for a very long time. I actually have an episode, episode 10, where I talk about coping strategies. So I would recommend you listen to that episode if you haven't already. But many of us have coping strategies for safety reasons. I know that was true for me, and I used alcohol to cope with a lot of tough experiences. I was very uncomfortable in my own skin and around other people for a very long time, and alcohol helped with this. And as I healed and learned to love myself, I was able to give up alcohol because I didn't like the person I became when I drank. But for me, this took time and learning to love myself. I'm not saying you have to give up alcohol, but memory loss is a sign that there's probably something to look at when it comes to your drinking. And I invite you to start becoming curious about that drinking. And if you've chosen to give up alcohol, I still invite you to become curious and to start healing your relationship with alcohol. So no matter what you decide to do, I also invite you to work on forgiving yourself. As I mentioned, cheating's complex and it can be filled with shame and guilt. And you made a mistake, but you deserve to forgive yourself. And this is easier said than done. It's so easy to berate ourselves. It's so easy to be our own biggest critic, especially when we hurt others, because so many of us are good intentioned. We don't mean to hurt people. Our subconscious mind can wreak havoc in our lives or our ego can wreak havoc. And then our hearts can break because we didn't mean to hurt anyone. Even though somebody might be like, you knew this would hurt me. It can be so unconscious. Like you said, you didn't remember and then you cheated, right? So your intention wasn't to hurt your partner. There was a subconscious thing that happened there. That's what I'm seeing through this question. And you have to forgive yourself for that. But what's going to help you forgive yourself is becoming aware of what that subconscious pattern is. Because once you see that, I think it's probably a route to your childhood or something like that. And you're going to have a lot more compassion for yourself because you're going to see that your wounded self was acting out. And the more we connect with our inner children, who I talk about in many episodes, but you can listen to episode five where I talk about self-love, forgiveness, and inner children if you want to learn more about that, if you're unfamiliar with the term inner child. But your inner child acts out because it's looking to be witnessed by you and the more we learn to parent ourselves, the more compassion we can bring to ourselves. I hope that makes sense. And my last piece of advice would be that you may want to think about finding a therapist if you don't already have one. I think having a space to start uncovering these truths when they are so deep and subconscious and we don't know why we do the things we do, therapists can be really helpful. It can be really helpful to have that outer perspective of somebody who can reflect back truths to us. Therapists can often hear things that we're not quite hearing and say back to us things that we're saying in a different way so we can understand our own inner world a little better. As I always say, I know that therapy is not an option for everyone, but if you have insurance, you can call your insurance company and see if it covers therapy. You can also ask therapists as you're searching if they have sliding scale rates if you find that therapy is a hard financial option right now. I just want to send you so much love. You are worthy of forgiving yourself. You are worthy of love and 
Though you made a mistake, you are not this mistake. You are a beautiful soul who is looking to heal. You wouldn't write into a healing-centered advice podcast if you weren't looking to heal. And that's courageous. So many people don't heal. So many people don't look at why they do the things they do. So many people bottle it up. But you writing into this podcast shows me that you want to change and you want to dive deeper into why you did this. And you deserve to forgive yourself and to let yourself off the hook. Though that might not happen overnight, I just want you to know that you don't have to punish yourself to the end of time because you made a mistake. And I send you so much love as you navigate this chapter that you're moving through. And thank you so much for this question. I'm 23 years old and I've been with my boyfriend for nine months. It's been the best nine months of my life. I messed up and the guilt I feel is so incredibly heavy. It hurts so bad. I kissed a random guy at a bar that I never even met and my boyfriend hates me. I cheated on the love of my life. I listened to your podcast on cheating and it was helpful. The thing is that there isn't a why. I was drunk and not in control. He needs a why and I can't give him a why and that also hurts me. My boyfriend didn't do anything wrong. He was nothing but perfect and when we fought we dealt with it so well. It was so good and we were both the happiest we'd ever been and I took all that away. It's all my fault. I told him that I would do whatever it took. I already agreed to not drink for over a year and a half because I honestly know that it was only the alcohol. If I was sober, this would have never happened. Ever. I already owned up for my mistake, but I know this isn't me. I have a history of not being able to handle my alcohol. What else can I do to show him that I really want to change? How can I be better for us? I want to spend the rest of my life with him and am so scared to lose him. I don't know how to forgive myself and I don't know how to gain his trust back. Thank you for this question. I am so sorry to hear what you're going through. I can feel how heartbroken you are through this question and I can feel the self-blame through the question and I just want to help you work towards forgiving yourself because I can feel how devastated you are and I'm guessing you have some unkind thoughts flying through your head and I know how tough that is. I have lived with self-hatred and self-blame for so long and though you made a mistake, you do not deserve to continually punish yourself for that mistake. But I do believe we want to learn from our mistakes so I want to start this question with talking about how you can't control your boyfriend's feelings. And I think that's a reason why this has been so hard for you and why this can be so hard for people who have cheated. Because I think many of us believe that if our partners forgive us for cheating, then we will automatically forgive ourselves. But unfortunately, I don't think that's the case. And sometimes our partners won't forgive us for things we've done or for the way we've hurt them. But that does not mean that you can't forgive yourself. So I wanna give an example from my own life of when I forgave myself, but somebody didn't forgive me and just show how it is possible and why it's possible to forgive ourselves even if somebody in our life can't forgive us. So this is a small example from my own life. I had this friend who I tried to set a boundary with and tried to tell her that I needed a little space from the friendship and she was so offended that we've never spoken again. And this was when I was first setting boundaries and I can see now that I could have articulated how I was feeling better, but I could continue punishing myself for saying something wrong and for the fact that this woman may never forgive me and that I upset her and I could just punish myself or I could forgive myself and learn from it. 
and I chose the latter. This was a tough experience, but I learned how to be a better friend, how to set clearer boundaries, and how to communicate that and articulate that kinder moving forward. I offer this example, though it's very different from what you're moving through, because as I said, I think sometimes we think we need the person outside of us to forgive us, for us to forgive ourselves, but that's just not the case. Sometimes the people outside of us won't forgive us and we need to forgive ourselves. Or sometimes the reverse, that the person outside of us might not even know they hurt us and we may need to forgive them even though they may not deserve that forgiveness. Because forgiveness isn't condoning the actions. It's not condoning what you did. It's letting yourself off the hook. So I think it's important for you to forgive yourself because you asked, what else can you do to show you've changed? And how can you be better in your relationship? I believe if you forgive yourself and if you heal, and forgiveness happens through healing, it happens over time. It does not happen overnight, but it often happens through healing, through looking at why we do the things we do, through taking responsibility for our lives. We learn to forgive ourselves. And through this, you will become a better partner. The more you learn to love yourself, the kinder you are to yourself, the kinder you can be in your relationship, the better partner you can be. And so I think you learning to forgive yourself is so important. So I invite you to work on forgiving yourself. So you may be asking, how can I forgive myself? How can I move to forgiveness? Here are some practices I invite you to do. So one, allow yourself to feel your feelings. Allow yourself to fully feel them. I think when people cheat, they feel like they can't have all their feelings and they can only let the other person have their feelings since the other person was the quote unquote victim. But you need to have your feelings too. Now, does that mean you should use your partner as that safe space? No, I invite you to create a safe space for yourself or to find a therapist, as I mentioned in the previous question, where you can start to feel your feelings. Your partner will likely not be able to hold space for your feelings because they are hurt by your actions, and that's okay. It's okay that they can't be that space for you right now. Maybe over time, they'll be able to, but right now, you're probably going to have to move through this on your own and find a safe place so a friend, a family member, a therapist, or learn to feel your feelings on your own. I want to talk again about that shame because when you said you feel so much guilt, I have a feeling you're feeling shame. And Brene Brown talks about the difference between shame and guilt. And shame is I am bad. Guilt is I did something bad. So the difference is that one is using an I am statement. So the shame is identifying as bad. And the other, the guilt, is saying that I did a bad thing, but you are not that bad thing. So you are not this mistake. You are not this incident of cheating. This is not who you are. You made a mistake, but it is not who you are. It's something that you did, and it's something that you're going to move forward from. Another suggestion I highly recommend for you, because I feel like this could be helpful for you, is to read The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I highly recommend this book for you and I highly recommend this book for honestly everyone. I found this book to be so helpful 
And I recommend this book for you because you say you don't know why you did this. And in this book, it explains simply why we often self-sabotage. And it explains simply why we specifically self-sabotage when we're happy. So Gay Hendricks calls this the upper limit problem. So when we often hit our upper limit, so for you with having this great relationship and you found yourself the happiest you've ever been, we subconsciously hit a point of enough joy, of too much joy. We can't handle it anymore. We are afraid as humans to be happy. So we self-sabotage. And this stems from one of the core beliefs that Gay Hendricks talks about in the book. So I invite you to read that book. I'm not going to give a full synopsis of the book, but in the book, he goes into different beliefs, where they come from, and why that might be triggered by your upper limit. So by you being happy. So he talks about how oftentimes if life's going really well in one area of our life, we self-sabotage in a different one because we have such a hard time as human beings allowing ourselves to be happy. I know that's true for me. I have been talking about all year since January, my fear of being happy. I am constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop when I'm happy. I am so afraid of being happy because it's more vulnerable to allow ourselves to be happy. It's scary for some of us who have been through so much pain that it's easier. Like I find it easier to live in the the sadness of life because I've experienced so much of it that I've grown to be comfortable there. I know what to expect when I'm sad. I know how to move through sadness. I can see the sad things in the world, but allowing myself to be happy is terrifying. What if something bad happens while I'm happy? What if that vulnerability leads to a bad experience? I have been learning to allow myself to be happy. And it's an ongoing practice. I allow myself to be happy for longer and longer extended periods of time. But I'm not perfect. I'm not happy every day. I'm still healing. And a lot of times those long periods of joy lead to a new layer of trauma coming up for me to look at. And that's okay. I'm learning how to be happy. But this book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks could be really helpful for you. I found it really helpful for me. So now when I see myself going from really happy to something hard happening, I can see that I'm often hitting an upper limit. I also think this could be helpful for you because it could help you get in touch with that subconscious patterning you may be playing out. And even before this year where I became aware of this, because I read Gay Hendricks' book in January, But before this, when I used to drink, I used to use alcohol to self-sabotage myself. So I would have a really good day. I would finish a screenplay or I would have a really great day at work or something really good would be happening in my life. I'd be really happy. And then that night I would be like, I'm going to have a drink to celebrate. And then I would black out or I would fall asleep early and like wouldn't even make it to the bar. I would self-sabotage with alcohol. I would often use alcohol as a way to bring myself back down because I felt safer when I wasn't happy. And for you, that may be the case. And by looking at your childhood wounds, looking at where your beliefs around happiness may have come from or how you may not feel safe when you're happy, I know that's true for me that allowing myself to feel more and more happy triggers a safety thing within me. I feel safer when I have like armor up. I'm seeing it as like a armor to the world when I have walls up around me. But in order to be happy, in order to be vulnerable, in order to be joyful, I have to let those walls down. I have to just show up fully as me. And that joyful version of me is, is all of me. Amanda in her joy is one of the best versions of myself. 
And that's terrifying. So I invite you to dive into if any of this sounds like that could be something going on for you. So I will link this book at www.newviewadvice.com slash 31. I think that that could be a great resource for you to get in touch with your inner dialogue. I also think How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicola Perra could be a great recommendation for you. But you have to start looking at why you do the things you do. Because as I said, it's easy to blame alcohol for all our problems, but I believe we use alcohol to cope with our subconscious, to cope with negative self-talk, to cope with hard feelings. So there was probably a triggering event that led to the actions that were taken that night. So there was probably something before that that led to that. And again, it could just be that you were so happy that you self-sabotaged. And if that's the case, think about if that's happened another time in your life when things were going really well and then all of a sudden something went wrong. So I invite you to become curious. You also mentioned that you have a pattern of not being able to handle your alcohol. So I would invite you to look at that pattern. And how can you show you've changed? It's by changing. And I believe that by healing and by diving into why you did this, and why this happened, and what was triggered, then I believe you will change. I believe that the more we become aware of our actions and why we do the things we do, we automatically change because our perspective changes, our view of ourselves changes. We're able to be more empathetic for ourselves because we're like, shit, I didn't know I was playing that out because my father was never around or, oh shit, I didn't know I played that out as a repercussion of being raped or I didn't know I played that out because my mother was critical or I didn't know I played that out because my sister used to beat me up, whatever it may be. But the more you can connect back to the roots, the more you can get to know yourself, that you can become really conscious of your actions, really conscious of the decisions you make, really intentional about your decisions moving forward, the more you will heal, the more you will change. So I hope something in this answer was helpful, but for you, that self-forgiveness is so important. You are not this mistake. You are not this moment in time. I'm so sorry you're being so hard on yourself. I'm so sorry. You don't deserve it. How we change is by forgiving ourselves, is by becoming conscious human beings. And the more we heal, the more we become conscious, the more loving we become towards ourselves, the more loving we'll be towards our partners and the people in our lives. Relationships are not easy. I think the movies and the world makes us believe that relationships are supposed to be easy. But you hit a hiccup in yours, and that will happen over time. In the five love languages, Dr. Gary Chapman talks about how the first two years of a relationship is the honeymoon phase. So sometimes it takes two full years for things to start feeling a little different, for wounds and childhood patterns to start appearing. That doesn't mean we leave the people, it just means we start healing together. I just want you to know I'm sending you so much love and that I know that you are not this mistake. I know that you are a beautiful person that I can feel that you are a loving person through how much you care about your partner, how much you want to change. Remind yourself of your beautiful qualities. Be kind to yourself as you move through this. You deserve it. I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for this question. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of New View Advice. 
As always, I'm so grateful for this space to have these conversations. I think that topics like cheating aren't talked about enough, especially from the perspective of somebody who has cheated. I think that cheating has so much shame around it, and I'm just grateful we're able to have these conversations here together. If you haven't already, I invite you to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, whichever is your favorite platform. And my handle is at NewViewAdvice. I am much more active on all these platforms than I was before. I now have somebody who helps me with social media and, and she's amazing. And we have been posting more content. And I want to continue these conversations about cheating on social media because I only have so much time on these episodes. I don't like to go over an hour. So I want to continue these conversations there. So if you're interested or have more questions, follow me at New View Advice on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of New View Advice. As always, I hope I was able to offer you a new view on whatever you may be going through. Sending you all my love. See you next time.